Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brisenheim. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last time we met, we talked about vaccine passports and mandate. We shared our individual opinions on the subject, some of the health challenges America faces, the difficulty of sorting through all the noise, and why we need more compassion now. And today, Jared, what are we going to dive into? Man, I think we're just going to go after it. I think we're going to talk about what happened, what's going on, at least a little bit I know. I can't get into the weeds too much. What's going on in Afghanistan uh, as far as the Taliban, you know, take basically taking over and you know the military weapons that were left and were seized by them etc cetera, etc cetera. and um if you guys haven't heard about it we'll get in there right and and you know mass mandates coming back of course again <laughs> i want to touch back on that because now uh my state i live in arizona which has is you know it's a it's a when it comes to those kind of things, it's a rebellious state, right? <laughs> right? And so, um, so you see it happening in here, and it's, uh, or as far as the mass mandates are concerned, and um, you know, I, I just, I kind of want to, I kind of want to hit on, hit on all of that, and maybe we can get into some building some bridges beyond it as well. How do you, how, how, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah, dude, I, I think you want to start with Afghanistan first? Of course. Of course. Okay. So I don't know if you got, if people know this, um, basically what's happened is uh, U.S. troops uh, withdrew from Af- Afghanistan um, and have been in the process of withdrawing for quite some time. And, but the government that we put in place is now has found itself, right? They One, they were already under attack. They were already uh, being bombed and there were videos showing that and we were already pulling out. We knew this was going on. <laughs> They're already like, oh, well, it's not really stable here, but you know, we just can't do this anymore. And so of course, as soon as US troops were like really fully gone, basically, um, Taliban came in. I think the biggest issue that people have a problem wrapping their head around is that when the Taliban came in and when we left um, certain military bases there, they just took what ordinance we had in the base hmm. as, as, as we were leaving, right? And um, I think people should know that we do that often. Like that's not the first time that America has left a formerly occupied place and left a lot of guns and equipment in that area as we evacuated. Um, that's actually relatively common military practice. Um, so anyway, so I, I wanted to hear what you had to say about it. But and then I'll and I'll dig on I'll dig on what little I know about why that's common military practice in terms of what it takes in terms of logistics and money to move guns, like especially a lot of them. We're talking tons, like lots yeah. of <laughs> right? Um, back 
towards the states and uh, as well as get the people out in the same amount of time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this, this kind of puts things in perspective. One of my closest friends, I think he was deployed to Afghanistan twice, maybe three times. I know he was in Iraq too. And his nephew, who is now in the military, who was not born when September 11th happened, wow. is now possibly going to be deployed over to help assist with the evacuations. So you, you think about that context of just how long this has been going on. I, I briefly saw something the other day and I haven't fact checked this. So please correct me if you know different, but it was something that affected for the last 20 years, the United States has spent something like hundred million dollars a day or $300 million a day for going into what's been going on with Afghanistan. So, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I, and so I, I I'll, I'll say a few pieces of this and I'm going to pass the baton back to you. So first of all, there's a part of me that goes, well, my goodness, we all, t- we talk about taxes being high and everything else. And, you know, what do we have to show for it? And then we're seeing this kind of scene play out on TV. It, it's something that I really struggle with. Uh, you know, you struggle with that, that in, in 20 years, we couldn't have done better than to let the city, let the country being taken back from the Taliban in, in literally a couple of weeks. Uh, I, I struggle with the, with the hearing the stories of how allies in Afghanistan, people who are Afghan born, who have assisted the United States military for the last 20 years and some capacity translators helping all those types of things have been left and are not able to get out of the country nor are, and are being denied asylum. And they're now being left to hope that the Taliban does not seek retribution on them. I think that's a really heartbreaking thing to hear that we have people who risk their life repeatedly to try to help and assist us and we turn our back on them yet we will pontificate often that United States, we are the the good guys in the world and we're gonna take care of people. And yet I think we, we really haven't done a good job of that. That being said, you know the thing about this that disgusts me the most okay this won't shock you jared i am so i don't know i guess the word disgusted by united states political figures and how when something happens we are so quick to jump on a pedestal and blame the other side because of their affiliation. This is the Republicans' fault. This is the Democrats' fault. Our country is called the United States, united. And mm-hmm. we handle conflict or anything the most ununited way possible by finger pointing and blaming. The, what is it? The Declaration of Independence starts, the Constitution says, we, we, the people, W-E, all of us, inclusive. It's not I, me, you, or they. But the way we operate is so far from we, and it's so focused on you and they, and it's, it's like, uh, you know, I appreciate Biden saying I'm the president, the buck stops with me. And there's still, we still have all this chatter of all sides. Oh, it's the Republicans, well, Democrats, well, blah, blah, blah. I am so sick and tired of it. And then we wonder, like, we have the, so this is going to, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent. We have the audacity to point the finger, call younger generations lazy or this or that, or whatever we call them. What kind of leadership do they have as a role model or example? You know, like, I think I've shared this with you before. If I had kids right now, 
man, I would let them put any poster of any sort of person up on the wall unless if it's a political figure. <laughs> they're being a little bit more transparent. I am so disgusted by what we call leadership in this country and how we as a collective whole operate the exact opposite of united it's so much like i me self-preservation trying to pass the blame trying to fault find trying everything else and i and, and just in the brief i don't the brief headlines i've seen it's biden's fault it's trump's fault it's obama's fault it's bush's fault you know we've had four presidents to this and there's been an equal, fairly equal spread of Republican and Democratic leadership through this. Yeah. It's, 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 it has. <laughs> it's United States failure. Stop blaming it and just take ownership and say like, hey, there's probably some things we can do. And the reason we keep repeating this stuff is because we're not coming together to find solutions. You're going over there in your corner. I'm going over here in my corner. And we're sitting here conspiring and trying to broker deals and see how I can get the one up from the chip on you so that you can, I can go and talk in the news and say, Look at what I did for you. Look what Jared did, didn't do for you. And to your credit, you're over there in your corner doing the same thing. And so then when we come together, we're not, we're not solution finding. We're problem solving. We're trying to fucking put a Band-Aid over a wound that is so big and massive. And then we're sitting here and we're talking about how shocked we are that this is happening. <laughs> how is it shocking? This is the kind of leadership we have in this country with people sitting there finger pointing and blaming. We can't. We're going to run into this over and over because it's in the best interest of our political parties to see the other party fail. And as yeah. long as we have that dynamic at play and there is not a common core theme of what's good for all of us going on, we will see failure and failure and failure and failure like this happen time and time again, whether it's in a country or it's in a government infrastructure, whatever it is, because there's too much to gain to find negative press and, and an opportunity to blame on someone else. And, and I think that for me is there's, there's, it is heartbreaking to see the images of what the Afghan people have been going through. And, and that country, those people have been at war for so long in so many different ways. And they probably, and to some degree brought into the promise that the United States was gonna help them and make their life better. And we said, okay, bye-bye. We're going to go back and tit for tat argue with one another now. Good luck. God bless. Peace out. USA mic drop. That's, that's my initial opinion, Jared. Your turn. Okay. So that, that's what I'm just going to tell you. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. Like, so, uh, so the political stuff, aside like you're 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 nine you're like i want to dig on that but i'm gonna i just i'll just pull this up if you guys search for um left like military um equipment left behind um during the vietnam war for instance right this one's but particularly um close to me because my um my ex my uh, my son is half Hmong. And his mom, first generation American, and they came here from Vietnam and they fought on our side in the Vietnamese War, in the Vietnam War. But when we left, we said, hey, there'll be planes for you guys in Thailand if you can make it there <laughs> from here. Because we're out, right? <laughs> we're done. We're leaving. <laughs> you, guys, you can make it here. 
then then that's it. And so on top of that, on top of us abandoning our allies there the same way we did here, right? Um, you know, it's we left. This was during the Vietnam War, estimated a billion dollars in American military weapons, right? So this is like 28 billion in Afghanistan, but let's make time for inflation. We got out of Vietnam in 1975 and now it's, you know, 2020, right? So almost probably close to like the same, right? Yeah. So we left a, a billion, a billion dollars worth of stuff there and the Vietnamese and, you know, they took it, right? And it was news. You can look it up. I'm looking at a New York Times article right now that from 1975 where they're talking about it. And it looks super synonymous to us talking about what's happening here. So I'm just going to say from a military standpoint, right? Um, if when you start to evacuate slash retreat slash lower the number of troops and or the uh, your presence in an area, right? As you lower the number of troops there, right? It gets more and more dangerous to try to maintain and to hold. Does that make sense? For sure. <laughs> right. You, you're, 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 you're trying to do stuff short, short staffed, right? And just like when you move, when like if you live in a big house and you're moving from, you know, one house to, to another place, right? Sometimes you leave stuff behind. Does it, you get what I'm saying? Imagine, and now imagine you have, as you just said, you're spending 300, you have a trillion dollar household. <laughs> a lot of space. It's a lot of space, bro. A lot of stuff. It's <laughs> a lot of stuff. So, you know, a you know, couple trillion dollars spent and we left $28 billion worth of stuff behind. That is really like when you put it into like those kind of like, into those kind of metrics, into that kind of like thing, you understand, right? One, we're okay. evacuating. The longer we're there with less and less troops, the more and more dangerous it is, right? For each one of those people there. Because the enemy knows, right? Oh, they had you know, a thousand people garrisoned there, you know, two weeks ago. It's not even a thousand, right? But they had a thousand people garrisoned there, you know, last month. Now they have 500 people garrisoned there. Now they have 200 people garrisoned there, right? Hmm. Because is that base meant to, to, for 200 people to fucking defend it? No. <laughs> it's not. And so then you want those 200 people to try to pack up all of the weapons and things that are left and put them, you know what I mean? And then what are you going to do? What about the people standing guard? If you're going to be packed, you know, like these, they're real logistic problems when it comes to evacuating a country that you know is still unstable. You know that people are still shooting bombs and you know that as you leave that activity from that side is going to step up. As you, as you section yourself out, they're going to get more and more aggressive at trying to fight things off. We did our best to try to make, matter of fact, I had a conversation this morning to try to make the Afghan army, right? Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Self-sustaining. Huh? Self-sustaining. Self exactly. We did, a, we, but we failed. They, they weren't, right? You know, uh, unfortunately, it seems to me that the best Afghan fighters or the best fighters in Afghanistan that are more native to that land are fucking 
Taliban religious zealot kind of, <laughs> kind of people. And so, and so, you know, um, the guys that we that were conscripted into the army and are, you know, they just looking for paycheck. And they're not really serious. And they're probably happy to fucking have a job and somebody paying them and feeding them and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's like, that's just real world stuff. Now, when you talk about our leadership, one of the problems with our leadership is that they won't come out and just say things like that, right? They won't come out and say things like they won't point. We do this all the time. They won't say that. Right. They're like, you're right. It's a big deal. It's terrible that we left all these weapons, blah, 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 blah here. Right. But the truth of the matter is they don't go into the weeds of like. I, just so people know this, you don't become a four star, three star or two star general or one star general. Hell, you don't even become a colonel by being a goddamn idiot. You just don't. Like so, so, so if you 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 really you cannot think our military industrial complex is full of people that stupid, right? But because, like you said, it doesn't serve the narrative of opposing political groups to say, you know, Joe Biden didn't make this decision. Yeah. <laughs> like Joe, Joe Biden just said, we're getting out of Afghanistan. And then the generals who are in charge, the military leadership came up with the plan of execution. And it was those guys who are, you know, for the most part, at least while they're in apolitical, right, who decided to leave $28 billion worth of, of, of equipment there. You know what I mean? And it's, and, an, it's almost like an ironic full circle thing because wasn't it in the 80s that we were financing the, the Mujahideen who are now the Taliban to fight the Soviets? So they had our weapons in the 80s. Now they yeah. get our weapons in the, the 2020s. But yeah, to that point, like, so then we're going to go and grab onto that and, and run that statistic around, try to make it look like it's, it's Biden making that decision, but it's just, it's like, we, we, that it's like, we allow that to continue. And so then when we look and we step outside our front doors, right. And we look on social media and we see these hostile climates that we exist in sometimes, but well, where's this coming from? It, it's, it's always a top down. We're modeling behavior. The yeah. difference is, is now it's 24 seven and we all have a megaphone through social media. Yes. You know, before it, we didn't have that. Like it's, it's, and it's growing on steroids daily. And we can use these things. We can put it in memes. We can put it in gifts. We can do all sorts of new ways to share information that gets the point across, across of basically this person failed. These guys are doing it to us. It's these people are the bad guys. These people are the good guys. And depending on who the source is, like the, whatever media is putting it out there or whatever, it, it's a, it's the script gets flipped. Yeah, and then we're 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 going out, and we're, you know, it's like we're we're sometimes mind blown by it, and I get where people will say, you know, I've talked to a few friends in the last few weeks, and they talk about like how, just, how uh, you know, the world seems like such a bad place right now, and I say, yeah, if you turn on the media, it certainly does. Yeah, 
I mean, it seems like it's just a chaotic mess. And it's that whole thing, like fear, fear and mediocrity are the two biggest businesses in the world. And we, we are always going to have wars. We're always going to have all problems. As long as we are making, we are making, using these things as political fodder to vilify one party and make the other one have an opportunity to gain power. If there is an assertion of power on the line, we will blame and complain and finger point and, and manipulate and twist and turn data points and find all the correct, clever graphs and whatever else is to try to make the other one seem horrible and bad. And it is, I am just, I'm so disgusted by it and disenchanted. And I, I love this country. I love the ideals of it. I love all, you know, so much of it. And you and I have talked about this so many times that the United States is still the best country in the world, but leadership wise, man, it, it sucks. It <laughs> really does suck in some ways. And I know that's a pretty broad generalization because we just see, we just are exposed to the same and the loudest few. And I'm sure that there's some in there that are not, but not on that. And they probably are advocating for, you know, diplomacy and us coming together and working together. But then um, to that same point, so the extension of the leadership would be the media really, really sucks in this country too. You know, I, I think sometimes our, our primary media stations are one step above the tabloids that we used to laugh at when we'd stand in line at the grocery store and see the stories about the Jesus rising and the aliens coming out of the ground. Uh, these guys aren't much further on from that. They're digging for whatever dirt they can because they know it's what people are going to tune into. And, I feel like, you know, the more we tune into that, the more sleep we become of, of, what else is out there because we're just, we're just pushing the amygdala button, which is the most primal part of our brain, which is literally fight or flight. And so we're running out and we're feeling like we're in fight or flight all the time. Who do we trust? What can we believe? This person's a jerk. This person's a that it is, it is mental and emotional manipulation at the most extreme. And it is tragic because we have so much incredible potential amongst all of us. And in this country, with the resources we have, the, the intelligence, the capability, the goodwill, the kindness, the love, the compassion in this country, and we are weaponizing our most primal parts of ourselves against one another, and we're not solving these things. And instead of sitting there coming together and being like, oh, how can we, how can we truly build a bridge? We're sitting there arguing over because this person over here has a Biden sign on his lawn, this person over here has a Trump sign on his lawn, and they're either a sheep or a racist. <laughs> and then we're, we're shocked when we have more fires and we're, we're not solving climate change and all these other types of things that are coming up. Well, how can we? We don't, we're not putting our best resources together. We're relying on a couple few who are smart, passionate, and are focused on that. And it's not a collective thing. We're sitting back passively waiting for somebody else to figure out, hoping and praying it happens in our lifetime because we're using the best of us, our mental and emotional resourcefulness, to fight and bicker and finger point and blame with other people. We're going to get pissed if somebody's wearing a mask or not wearing a mask because they're making a choice, whatever choice they're making for their health. We're going to vilify them and call them the wrong person or that they're this or they're that. My God, you guys, we are all human beings. So, you know what's crazy? Do you think that is the goal of, in some way, shape, or form, like the media and like uh, even politicians to keep us distracted and ignorant enough you know th- th- that we uh, that we do argue and quibble over these things, right? One that we have 
very little power, especially like what's going on in Afghanistan, right? Right now, as far as with the Taliban, where we have like very little power to uh, change it, right? To, to, to really affect the situation. Um, and then, or even like with what's going on with COVID, right? Um, as far as not getting the vaccine, getting the vaccine, uh, wearing a mask versus not wearing a mask, right? Um, as opposed to like, just thinking about like, how do I continue with my life, right? Progressing like as, as almost as normal as possible, but like, how do I continue progressing? How do I adapt to this newfound situation? Does that make any kind of sense? Do you think, do you feel like sometimes that like that news, is it, is it, is it there to distract us? Are they trying to you know, distract us and keep us focused on those things. Man, to, you know, I, 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 the optimist in me does not want to believe it's malicious. I also am a huge fan of the Spider-Man quote with great power comes great responsibility. So if we look at the Super Bowl as a model, right, we've always laughed and joked about one of the statistics you'll hear for virtually every Super Bowl that I can recall is how much commercials cost at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. because and people will spend this exorbitant amount of money on commercials. The 32nd spot every year goes from a million to 3 million, 10 million, whatever it is, mm-hmm. because the promise is, is that they're, I'm promising you a captivated audience. Yes. I'm promising you that this money you're putting in rather than a normal football game that might have 15 million people watching or something like that. I'm going to give you a game that has 150 million people watching and they're, People who are buying beer, buying chips, getting together, buying TVs, buying couches, buying cars, you know, they're talking about, they're emotionally passionate. They're inebriated because of the booze and you're, you're, that's a promise. So I can charge you a 10 times premium because I can give you 10 times the audience. If I go on to, uh, you know, the, the internet model is basically, so when you're offering advertising on your site, what are, what are the three things? It's, it's number of views, num- time on site, and amount of most likely people are going to click. Facebook's mm-hmm. become one of the biggest com- companies in the world because they've operated on this model, right? They have, they have successfully figured out how to monetize ads in such a strategic way that they have our devices listening to us. They're, they're searching, they're capturing information. Who are we most likely to click on? What stuff are we Googling? And mm-hmm. then they're taking that and putting customized ads on our feed that we'll sit there and be mostly get not only that, but content that we're most likely to consume because they want us to stay on there. They'll show us more, more stuff of people who might believe more controversially than us, or might believe more like us because they notice how long we're engaging in each of those posts. So when you have that model and the model is built on human attention span, human investment of the most precious resource we all have, which is time. I have to choose, I'm going to choose to scroll and click versus spending time with my family. I'm going to choose and scroll and click versus focusing on the job I do. I'm going to choose to scroll and click versus calling my mom or calling my friends. Then you need to have some pretty powerful incentives to do that. And the best way to do it is to get somebody into a fear pace because when we're fearful, we feel like we're out of control. When we're fearful, we feel uncertain. And when most of us feel out of control and uncertain, we are desperate, desperate to find a sense of certainty, desperate to find a sense of control. You think of the last time you went traveling or you went anywhere and you found yourself in a space where you was unfamiliar or, you know, you thought you lost your keys. You remember the last time you thought you lost your keys or you misplaced your purse or your wallet or your phone? What happens? You immediately get this rush, this emotional rush, because that part of your brain clicks in and it goes, oh, fuck, what happened? 
and you start to panic. What am I going to do if I lost my car? What am I going to do if I lost my phone? My whole life's on there. My work's on there. If I lost my purse, it's all the money I have. That was where I had the money for rent, my credit card for the groceries, right? It's panic, 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 panic. And when we're in that panic state, are we able to find those things that we lost? Not at all. The best advice is always to calm down, take a breath, but it's very hard to do that when we're so emotionally aroused and focused on fear that we're going into this panic thing. So what do we start doing? We start tearing stuff apart, madly looking through things, looking wherever we can to try to find that which we misplaced. Well, what happens when we're sitting there clicking on stuff that makes everything look so scary and terrifying? We feel uncertain. We feel out of control. So we desperately try to go for certainty and control. Where are we going to find certainty and control? Who's going to lead us out of the, who's going to lead us out of the storm? Right. Who are we going to tune into that we can trust? So it becomes a battle over fight versus flight, right or wrong. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's just hitting us on our primal push buttons over and over and over again. And, and, and I think the biggest tragedy of that is you alluded to it earlier. When humans are in a unresourceful state, we are at our best when we're resourceful. When we're unresourceful, it is freaking impossible for us to be happy and to feel loved. And so now you have a dynamic where so many of us feel so unresourceful because we're in fight or flight all the time. So we start to feel depressed. We start to feel anxious. We start to feel stressed. Ooh, we can make pills for that because it's just a biochemical piece in our mind. So let's medicate, 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 which that doesn't really help. You know, in some extreme cases, it can definitely stabilize, but we're not teaching resilience or resourcefulness to get people back to a resourceful space. Mm -hmm. And we have a population of 300 plus million people, some of the brightest and most talented people on the planet. We have a global population of 8 billion people with some really bright, intelligent, talented people. And I'm not just saying the Elon Musk or the, you know, the Bill Gateses or whoever we see in the news. I'm saying the person in small town USA that we don't even know their name because they don't have a social media presence who is so incredibly talented and gifted, but we never even get to see a fraction of their gifts because there's so much fear being pumped out and so little optimism that that person is not even able to explore their gifts because they're trying so quickly to figure out how can I get back to being resourceful and find some sort of control when I feel so out of control and unresourceful. Hmm. Sorry. I'm like, I've like listened to everything you said and I'm like, um, massaging it into my brain. <laughs> so I was, I was, I was like, I was gonna interrupt, but you kind of got to where, got to where I was thinking. So, um, it's like you cannot. It's very hard to. You can't build bridges in a fight or flight mode, right? So you can't. You, effective communication that leads to compromise as long as people are excited mm. in that space is it's almost it's almost like impossible right yeah it, it, it is is and man like it the whole world feels there right now i don't know if it's i don't know if it's uh if it's all sinister, right? I do think that everybody's fighting over everybody's attention. And I do think that technology has gotten to a point where we can really like map the metrics for how to get people's attention the fastest. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, human beings gotta, we gotta evolve. <laughs> we gotta you know we gotta raise the collective consciousness right um 
because as of right now, the, the humans that we are, the best way to get anybody's attention is to scare them. And, and that's that's just true with the animal kingdom. It's true with 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 you know human beings, wow. right? It's true with my with my son with children, right? You're talking to them, and you try to talk in a calm voice, and they're doing something else. You raise your voice, get their attention. You know what I mean? Put them in that shock state. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's right, and it's right there. So it's it's I you know. Sometimes I think it's sinister because I, because I do like, I have, you know, schools were created to create factory workers. Like we know that the structure of school was created to create factory workers. We know that, you know, for a long time, people in power have been mentally manipulating, you know, everybody else as much as they possibly can. And now they just have all, all the tools to do it. But how do we, as individuals, it's a million dollar question, break that, right? Like as individuals, how do we break that? Like how do, how do we get to get through to the, to the truth where people, like I just said, talk about every time that the United States has withdrawn from any major conflict, we've left weapons and ordinance there, right? If the, if the conflict did not like literally end peacefully, Right. We left, we left and we knew there was civil unrest. Hell, when we left, uh goodness gracious, where is Qaddafi from? Um uh Kuwait, not Kuwait, uh goodness yeah. gracious. Uh, not no. Syria. Uh God, Jared. Sounds so bad. Uh looking it up right now. Is it Kosovo? Not Kosovo. No. Uh, Libya. <laughs> when we left Libya, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. So I just, uh, I think we still have a presence there, though. Libya. And then while Jared's looking that up, because yeah, I know we're, we're, we're coming up on our time. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got it. Jared's, Jared's going to look that up and then he'll finish his point. But I just, I'll wrap up my part too and just invite all of you, you know, what's the solution? What are the, what are your opinions on this? What do you think of what's going on in Afghanistan? What do you think of uh, anything that I said, Jared said, and I loved his question about what's the solution? How can we, how can we get out of that fearful fight or fight response and get back to a place where we're able to build bridges? And then I'll, I'll, Pass it over to Jared to close this out. So I looked it up. They don't give you a. Um, they don't give you a. Uh, an exact number. But. We. You can look look it up. We quietly uh, left. It's believed so. Qatar is believed to have shipped by the air and sea small arms, including machine guns. Blah, blah, blah. Libya's new government. Some of the arms since since Libya. Some of the arms since have have been moved from Libya to militants with ties to Al Qaeda in Mali. Uh, 
we're radical jihadi, blah, 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 blah. So even, even, even in Libya, right, when we were there, when we left, we tried to give the, our remaining arms to Libyan rebels, Libyan nationals, but they ended up in the hand of jihadists anyway, right? And it's just, it's, it's the typical mode of operation in major wars. And, and I mean, it's, it's just like, it go, it's just, it's how our government, that's, that's one of the issues, how our government spends money, right? <laughs> it's just how, <laughs> it's, you know, if somebody's looking at the balance sheet as well, and they're like, oh, it's more expensive to move them than to just leave them there, right? Yeah. Manpower and everything else, right? And so we, we do it all the time. And I think, I think that needs to be talked about. And I think, I think part of the, the solution is for people to just tell the fucking truth, right? And just stop treating the American public like too stupid or people are too dumb to understand some of the, you know, the cold realities of war, of life, of all of these things. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Am I making yeah. any kind of sense? Right. I, I, I think I think that uh, I think that's what it is. Right. And so I but I don't even know. My question is, I don't even know if our and I guess for you guys, I don't even know. Do you think that our politicians and uh, our people in power, our leaders want us to know, you know, the cold hard truths, the facts, or do they want us to keep arguing over What is the word I'm looking for? Who's right and who's wrong? Are the Republicans the bad guys or the Democrats? That's it. That's it. They do they want us to keep arguing or do they want us to do they want us to really know the truth? And uh, that would be my question, right? All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today, Jared. As always, man, I, I sure do appreciate you, and I look forward to hearing what everybody shares in the group from this. Oh, you went off today. Those were good. <laughs> <laughs>